Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always, and today we're talking about something very special, very interesting, and it is a paradox. Well, not really, but they call it a paradox. We're talking about a special math problem that gets a lot of press, gets a lot of attention. There's been a lot of YouTube videos on the topic. I just made a YouTube video and released it as well. It's a really fun problem and a really basic math problem, but one that is, I have to say, quite counterintuitive. You may not think so once we go through it and hear the explanation, but it's very counterintuitive initially. And actually, when it was first solved, apparently it got a lot of mathematicians up in arms, writing in, disagreeing, saying that the results could not possibly be true. But, but in fact, it has been shown and proven thoroughly that what I'm about to explain is indeed true. And I can show you in a relatively simple way that's going to be easy for you to understand. So what is this mysterious problem that I speak of? What am, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the Monty Hall problem. Now, for those of you guys who don't know who Monty Hall is or was, and you probably don't because I didn't really, because <laughs> he is uh, beyond beyond my time. But Monty Hall is a famous, actually, I shouldn't even say was, not sure he may actually be alive. I'm going to have to check that as I continue on. <laughs> so Monty Hall uh, used to host a, a game show called Let's Make a Deal. Okay, and this is like the popular show of kind of similar to Price is Right or something. So he used to host this game show. And while he was hosting this game show, somebody wrote in a letter asking a very interesting question. And you know what? I'm looking it up right now. And he is alive and he is 94. So I apologize for talking about him in the past tense. <laughs> he is 94 years old now. So Monty Hall. So, so excuse me. So the guy wrote in a letter. And the, in the letter, the question posed the following hypothetical. If you were given three doors to choose a prize. Now, this is, this is in Let's Make a Deal. You get three doors. You can choose, try and choose one door and win a prize. If you're given three doors and you go ahead and choose door number one, let's say. doesn't matter. It could be two, could be three, but you choose one. And there's a prize in only one of them. Or let's say it's a car. And in the other two doors, there's there's a gag gift. It's like a goat, but you don't really get the goat. So they call it a gag gift. So in the other two, there's a goat. Now, let's say you choose door number one. We don't know where the prize is, but the host who knows where the prize is comes and says, well, I'll tell you what, you can, I'm going to give you some help here. I'm going to tell you that it's the the goat, one of the doors, one in, goat, in door number two, there is a goat and he knows that, but he, he was not going to tell you where the prize is. So he's going to tell you one place where it's not. 
And he's going to say, okay, so now I'm going to ask, do you want to keep the door that you have or do you want to switch? So you've chosen door number one. He has eliminated door number two for you. And now you can either stay with door number one or switch to door number three. What do you do? So this is the question that was posed. And a statistician actually went ahead, solved it, answered it, and responded to this inquiry. It was published in, I can't remember what magazine, but it was published in a famous magazine. And here's what he said. He said, your odds of winning if you stick with your door after the host eliminates one of the doors, you have a one in three chance of winning the car. Well, that's kind of expected. We have three doors, so why not? But here's the crazy part. Here's where we call what. Here's why people call it a paradox. Because when I first thought about this, I'm like, well, you should still have a one in three chance if you switch. Why does that matter? You still don't know where it is. But he actually found that if you switch doors, you have a two in three chance, meaning your chances of winning have now been doubled. And if this, if the, if the just listening to this explanation is causing you any trouble, just go to my YouTube channel and you can check out you can check out the video of me explaining the Monty Hall problem with visuals and music and all that stuff. It's about seven minutes long. So the so the question is now, well wait a minute, how does how do my odds double if I switch? Because what what's the difference? I'm I could have chosen C at the beginning. Why does it now matter? The key is that the key to this whole problem is that the host knows where the car is and he's giving you additional information and using that additional information. You only really use it if you switch doors. So that's that's the general idea as to why you have a two and three chance. But let's get into the nitty gritty because that's not going to do it for you. That's not going to really give you an explanation mathematically why this changes. So let me explain. Let's say... We're going to run through uh, uh, one hypothetical. I'm going to explain this two different ways. So the first way I'm going to explain it is we're going to run through a hypothetical, all right, where we have, where we're going to, first you're going to stick with whatever door you've chosen, and this will give us the one in three chance, which makes sense. So we choose door one. The car is actually in door one. Monty Hall says, well, I'm going to eliminate door number two for you. Would you like to switch? And we say no, because we don't want to switch. We're going to stick to our original choice guess what? We win. Because the car was behind door number one. We chose it. We win. Beautiful. We win the car. Scenario number two, the car is behind door number two. We choose door number one. He tells us, well, guess what? I'm going to eliminate door number three for you. Would you like to switch? We say no. Unfortunately, this time we lose. All right, now let's go to scenario number three, where we have the car in door num- behind door number three. Choose door number one. He eliminates door number two. I'm sorry, yeah, door number two. We stay with door number one. We lose again. So now we've lost one out of three times. Now, I'm not going to run through the scenarios where we choose door number two or door number three. The reason why is because it's repetitive. I was explaining this to a, a buddy of mine, and he said, well, wait a minute. You're only choosing door number one. You're not actually looking at all the different possibilities and outcomes. And that's true, but... What happens is if you go through it's you go through the scenarios for door number two and door number three, and it's the exact same as if you choose door number one. Because we have three different possible scenarios where while choosing door number one, you can have the car in one, two, or three. Choosing door number three, you can have the three different scenarios, car, the car behind door number one. 
two, or three. So again, it's the same idea. And if you map out all these different possibilities and the chances of winning, you'll still get three out of nine or one out of three. And so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's I, I can already hear the way that it sounds as I'm explaining it. It gets more complicated when you throw these other choices into the mix. So just take my word for it. I'm trying to keep this simple for the most part. So take my word for it that choosing two or three, it's arbitrary, doesn't matter. So we're just going to make the arbitrary decision to, that we're choosing, starting with one. Okay, so now let's get back on track. We've, we're choosing and we're staying with our choice. We got a one in three chance of winning. Now, let's see what happens if we switch every time. This is where it gets really interesting. So we're supposed to get a higher chance of winning. Let's see if it works. So now we got, again, starting off first one, the car is behind door number one. We choose door number one. Monty Hall eliminates door number two, but we're gonna switch, because we're gonna switch every time. We switch to door number three, and we lose. All right, so so far we're zero for one. Now let's go to scenario number two. Car is behind door number two. We choose door number one. He eliminates door number three, and we switch. And voila, we win. Okay, so now we're one of two. We've won the car in that second time. Now let's try door the third scenario. We have the car with the car in door number three. We choose door number one. Door number two is eliminated. We switch. And guess what? We win. Because now we've chosen door. Now we switch to door number three. That's where the car is. And now we've won two out of three times. So right there, you can see in this little example, your odds are in fact doubled if you switch. And I got to tell you, I had, I, I remember a student of mine actually brought this up to me. He said, hey, my, my dad asked me this question, or his grandfather, sorry, asked me this question a long time ago, and I can't figure it out. I thought you could figure it out. That's what he's telling to me. So he posed the question, and I had heard it before. I was like, I know I've heard this before, but just trying to think about it without, I didn't do a decision tree. I didn't map it out like I just did for you guys. I got the wrong answer. And I think that's because our instincts tell us that it just, it shouldn't matter. This decision to choose, it shouldn't matter, but it does. It really does. And it's really cool uh, when, when you map it out and you can see that there's such a drastic change. Now, I'm going to explain it to you one other way, which is simpler and if what I just said is a bit confusing, let me give you this, this explanation. So if you think about it, what's happening is when you're sticking with your original choice, you're just, nothing's happening. You're just choosing one out of three. You're not really using that additional information that Monty Hall is giving you. So you're choosing one and that's what you're sticking with. You either win or you don't based on your original choice. But when you switch, you are using that information, but you're using it in a very particular way. Because let me tell you what's happening when you're switching. When you are switching and you pick the wrong door, you pick the wrong door, Monty Hall eliminates the other wrong door. And so switching means you will invariably land on the correct door. It has to happen. So basically what's happening is, because right, you choose the wrong door, Monty Hall eliminates the other wrong door. Now you guys together have figured out both of those or have hit both of those wrong doors. And then if you're switching, 
you're going to hit the right door. Translation, if you choose the wrong door first and you switch every time, you're going to win. And what are your chances of choosing the wrong door first? Now, this becomes a very easy question. Your chances of choosing the wrong door are two out of three. Nobody's going to argue that, right? So, so now you can see without even the, the, the decision tree and the breakdown of all those scenarios, you can see in a very simple way that all you have to do is hit the wrong door, two out of three chances, and, and make sure that you're going to switch and boom you're going to win two out of three times. Your odds have to be, have to correlate with the odds of choosing the losing door. So I think that that is a really cool explanation. I feel like it's not as in-depth and not as thorough, but it's uh, it's faster and, and totally, totally true, totally makes sense. So hopefully that those two explanations will clarify the Monty Hall problem. It's great because we see with this next one, it's so popular because I think it is a paradox and it's confusing and it's counterintuitive and it caused a lot of controversy at the time. But it can, it, you can see two things. One, you can see how cool it is that you can actually use math in particular situations to, to win a game, to basically go through and, and beat the system in a sense. And I really like that. But you can also see how and sometimes your logic, as good as it is, it's it just doesn't it just doesn't things just don't always make sense. And when you have that, when you have this paradox, or you have something that that doesn't necessarily go along with the way you imagine it would, the only way that you can really make sense of it, or that we can understand it and feel okay about it, is by showing or demonstrating the truth mathematically. Now, once you do that, there's no disputing. Once I've gone through the scenarios and you can see it mapped out or hear it in this podcast episode, there's no denying it. And it makes sense. And now your logic, the logical piece of your brain is now satisfied, happy, and all that. So it's really cool. I love this problem. So if you are hearing this for the first time, hearing the Monty Hall problem, I encourage you to map it out on your own and ask some people. It's a fun thing. Ask some people, ask ask other people to try it out and think about it. I guarantee you most people instinctually will just say it doesn't matter whether you switch or whether you stay. And that was my basically my first response too. I'll admit it. But try it out. It's fun. And then hopefully you can explain it to some whoever is confused by it and maybe get them interested in math and get them excited about trying out other probability problems. So that's it for today's show. Hope you guys liked it. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you want to see the video explanation, go to my YouTube channel. You just go to YouTube and search for Scalar Learning. If you want to check out the show notes today, go to www.scalarlearning.com. And please, if you have not yet, subscribe rate this podcast. It would be much appreciated. We got new content coming out every day this summer. So a lot of good stuff on education and math. And if you have any questions or comments, again, feel free to email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. Would absolutely love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me today. See you guys next time. Take it easy. Learning, give me that skill and learn.